0: Hello podcasts. Uh, this is Warren, good to talk to you again. Here we are on episode three already of uh, professional coaches, personal friends, where Warren and Stephen have a chat and we try to record the bits which we hope you will find interesting or will make you think about something, maybe make you feel a bit better. In this conversation we're discussing high performance and why now is the time to start pushing for it again, to start asking more from your teams and from yourselves. One reason for doing this is that after a certain amount of time, habits will start to hardwire and get embedded. So we need to do this now, um, so we're ready for the coming months. We need to move from survival mode into competing and winning. So the areas we cover in this one, um, what is high performance is the definition. Uh, setting and reviewing expectations you know what your expectations are from yourself and also how other people's expectations about what they can expect from you have changed uh, being more than juster this is a good segment um, this is something at home and at work you know how you can move from being just one thing to many more is being part of a high performer Now we discuss the importance of internal drivers in creating high performance and why it's important that they need to be aligned with the external environment and the external demands that you have. Uh, The role that healthy dissatisfaction can play in moving you out of your comfort zone and into a high performance territory. What happens when you're able to focus on the opportunity, not just uh, the the dangers? Turning up and finding out, and there's a Quick story about Stephen and his football career in there. So there is some footy chat that we left in. One of my favourite bits, I liked this, was this crisis or this strange time was giving us all the chance to redefine ourselves and our expectations. And Stephen says, if you don't do this, if you don't redefine yourself and redefine your expectations, then somebody else will come along and do it for you. So yep there it is there's lots of good stuff covered I think it's a a good chat I enjoyed it Uh, the start does start a bit quick just to warn you because I had to cut out the usual football chat and gossip that Stephen and I's conversations usually start with but it means you quickly get into the action uh, which is good so no further ado I'll I'll get off I'll put on the cheesy music and I'll be back at the end
1: Is that, is that an idea? That's yeah, a great framework. Um, yeah? Yeah. You know, I think it's relevant for a whole number of things. Um, Figure it But, out. but high mm-hmm. performance is a really cool topic because it's what everybody's looking for and what people are starting to reconnect is still something they should be looking for because that wasn't necessarily the focus, you know, seven or eight mm-hmm. weeks ago.
0: Is high performance, do you think, if we're talking about high performance, is high performance changed in the last seven weeks or eight weeks? Like you've just said, is surely everything was always about high performance, and now everyone's just trying to figure out how they get their high performers to perform in this new world? Or do you believe the perfor- the definition of high performance has changed today? I think it's been that, I think it's been lost rather than changed. You've been lost.
1: Yeah. What do you mean? Well, people have just went, well, you get down that Maslow
0: uh, hierarchy of needs and now not survive. Ah, okay. So you're now, okay. It's over two, so we're over 200 people. So what you're seeing then is that originally people were just happy with performance, but now people are starting to go back to, actually, I'm looking for high performance. You know, the fact people just rocking up and turning up on the Zoom call, they were happy with that seven weeks ago. Now they're actually one to see high performance.
1: Yeah, the, 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 they lost the the connection or the permission or the comfort of looking for high performance because it stopped being appropriate. So yeah, that's a really important. One. It didn't really set permission that level of expectation, you know.
0: Yes. Okay, but so now, but coming after <laughs> a certain amount of time, they're allowed to ask, they're allowed to ask, they're allowed to ask their team again for a better level
1: of performance. Yeah, and they're going to have to, and individuals are going to have to as well, because what was okay is not going to be okay. You know, and 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 also high performance at these times can take. In your point is that. What is a high demand of performance at the moment um, in these circumstances is, is also different to what it would have been, you know, six months ago. Yes.
0: That's right, you're right. A six, you a six out of six is a hundred percent. It's a bit like when you have like a new starter, you know, you the, how you grade them compared to someone who's been in the job for a year is very differently. But at the moment, everyone was almost being treated like a new starter because they were in a brand new situation, as in, you know, working from home in this remote and team environment. And there was almost this jolly um, feeling of we're all in this together, which is is lovely and great, and there's a huge number of benefits of that. But you're right. I love this idea of you, as a leader, you, you lost the permission to ask for a higher level of performance just for the fact that there was performance you know, you you almost should feel grateful for, or is that too harsh? Do you think? No, I think that's true. I mean, I know one client in particular that it comes to
1: mind, and and their way of dealing with this was to um, ignore it, um, and and their team members of their team couldn't ignore it, and so it then felt really inappropriate to be demanding the same level of high performance. That they were asking for a month before, a quarter before, because it was almost um, as if there was a blindness or an ignorance to what was going on, and, and and so it was it was just ambition rather than optimism. You know, it was it was just bloody mindedness in, in some way of demanding um, rather than developing, and 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 that's. That's where the connections and the influence um, become strained. But I think it's actually more common it's went the other way, where it's not felt right to continue to demand what you would have demanded before, given all the circumstances. Some real, some imagined, some assumed. You know, um, you're working from home, therefore I can't ask you to do this. Well, you really can and you're going to have to, even though the way you deliver it might need to be different. And it's the same with, with, with businesses who have went into the mindset of survival um, rather than, you know, competing. And and the concern has always been with any individual team or business that this is going to go on for such a length of time that you're hardwiring some habits. You know, this, this isn't just taking a lull or you know, a sabbatical away from what you were doing or, you know, stepping out of the, the race for a little while and then everybody will just kind of join back in when you're ready. You're hardwired in habits. You know, if yes. if you've not been running and you've just been walking, then you're going to run out of breath pretty quickly as soon as you start to run. Um, if you're not match fit, you're going to need the pre-season um, when everyone else has started. And that, that's why people have really got to be ready and, you know, very difficult to do your training once the whistle goes. And, uh, and that's, that's what high performance is about. And this is where, you know, of ourselves as well as over people, um, we're now at the stage where we've kind of crossed those lines and moving back into the, it's in your interest that we
0: request higher performance. So we've gone from not being allowed to ask permission to we better start driving yeah, we had we didn't have permission to ask for high performance. And maybe that was okay at the start. But now if we're not driving high performance, you're gonna set a habit and a rule and a way of working for your team that is gonna become a habit and, and you ain't gonna change it. you've got to get high performance back into the team.
1: Yeah, it's like every cycle that people go through, you know, the, the people who care most will be the one that takes your side and says, Look, enough. Come on, we need to get yourself a jake, you know. Yeah, um, okay. This is where we need to get to, you know. Um, and yes, you can. And you're you're stronger than you think. You're more resilient than you think. You're more creative than you think. Um, and we need to work out a way of getting to where high performance is because the high performance is difficult. Uh, but the price you pay for not performing to that high level is
0: long-term and very difficult. You've got to start driving high performance back into your teams, otherwise and yourself, otherwise this is going to become a bad habit. Makes sense. What is high performance? How do you describe how in these times, because it is different, and it does feel that all definitions have changed and you know, goals and results and, and what's important has changed. Has the definition of high performance changed?
1: I don't think the definition, I think the application of it, you know, will vary uh, to circumstance and industry and geography and, and, and also on a personal level where you happen to be and who you're engaged with and at what stage of this process you're going through. But for me, high performance is about being able to consistently deliver at least what's expected time and time again. And when
0: those, ex- and when those expectations move, you move with them. Yes. So the expectations have changed, but the definition of high performance is consistently delivering expectations. Of course, expectations are going to change. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and you have to, for high per- performance is de- delivering that consistently. High performance is going beyond that level of expectation consistently. Um, yes. And, you know, the, but the consistency thing is, is the key. You know, you can have a success, but it's a succession of successes that makes you a high performer. I think there's been several sports people who've had a moment in the sunshine, you know, moments of fame, um, but it's not necessarily been a career which is built on a succession of successes. But they're not necessarily able to consistently deliver to that level. So high performance is as much the consistency
0: as, as the level. Yeah, so what are the changes then that need to be done to get your team back thinking about high performance again? You know, how do you reinvigorate your high performers and how do you get the team thinking about high performance again? Yeah,
1: well, you know, this, this is the two things. is you're, you're either, and possibly a combination of both, where you're looking externally to what the market is now telling you it expects or your customers are now expecting or your family members are expecting or your friends are expecting or your colleagues are expecting. Uh, and they expect you to deliver to that standard at least – on a consistent basis and it's being aware first of all of what is expected of you and then there's the internal drive on this as well as the not just to be the best of a bad lot but this is where your goals and ambitions come in
0: so this means i don't want to take us too much away on a tangent but then So a high performer, this isn't only going to change what your boss is now expecting from you. Your family is now going to expect different things from you. If you're a high performer, to be a high performer at home, whether that's a father, whether that's a a, a wife, whether it's, you know, know, even a, a partner or a son even, I don't know. But this whole circumstance now means that my family now have different expectations of me, which I now have to consistently perform against.
1: Yeah, and and look, it's in some cases a change in expectation more likely to be growing expectations. You know, more more is expected of you rather than something different expected from you. You know, as we go through this, it's about being more than just something and certainly more likely to be more than just that rather than being something else. You know, high, high performance is not actually about the amount of things that you can do. High performance is about the, the number of things you can do really, really well consistently. It's to show that you're more than just a one-hit wonder, more than just a one-season performer. You know, more than just a, you know a provider, more than just a father or a mother or a brother or a sister, more than that. You know, you can also be a friend, you can be a confidant, you can be a coach, you can be a supporter, you can be a counsellor when required. You can just be there more than just what you are. And that's why also there's been such a a thing with all the clients I've been working with is to, you know, take the opportunity to demonstrate with their customers and clients that they're more than just the transactional reason why they're there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: more than just a consultant, more than just a coach, more than just a salesperson, more than just a recruiter. Yes. And then to keep that consistent so that that's what high performance looks like.
0: To look at this from the, from a family perspective, for some people who have worked away a lot, yeah, worked in offices or not even necessarily travelled a lot but just being distant a lot because of the, the, the because of the commute and the office life they've now had a, an opportunity to be more than just a provider to use your two words um, but a lot of that is because of the physical literally the presence of being there so that, as you say they have been able to be more than provider they've been able to be a confidant, be a teacher, be a guide, be a support, be a you know, babysitter, wrong word—but childcare supporter. Mm. A lot of that is going to, a lot of that will change. And then, I guess, part of the issue is going to be: how am I going to go back to being a high performer at work and maintain some of this, this new, uh, and manage the expectations that I've now set at home being more than a simple provider does that does that make sense yeah, and for a lot of people this is what's going to really help raise your performance
1: because a lot of the times we raise the performance because the expectation has been raised if you take the example of how many parents have had to be doing homeschooling so they've you know had to be more than the person who drops them off at school had to be more than the person who asks every now and again how you get on at school and more than the person who just turns up to the parents' evening if work allows, you know they've had to actually go through the process with them and and have that homeschooling aspect to it, and and that's an opportunity to perform at a higher level than they would have done before. And I know it's been tough for a lot. I know personally for a lot of people it's been tough, um, but it's enabled them to demonstrate them more than just something. And that will, through this adversity, create such a broader relationship with people at home, with family, with friends, because you're more than just what you were seen as before. There's an awful lot of benefits to high performance, not just in the result, but an awful lot of things improve through high performance. You know, perception, expectation, trust, value, respect, appreciation. There's a whole lot of things bent that you increase through high performance. And it's, you know, like showing that you're more than just something.
0: And so this has shown because I've now shown I can be more in this example, not necessarily saying it's all personal, because I've now shown I can be more than just a simple provider, I can be a teacher. Yeah, I can be somebody who's more integral part of the family. I'm not just a guest in my house, I'm a fully fledged member of the family. That's actually a positive thing, because now people will have a positive a, a better and more positive expectation of what they can get from me and I feel better about it because I know I can do it that's what you mean what the once you've done a high performance once that level of trust and expectation is actually a good thing you know people look at you differently because they have a confidence that you are po- you are able to do that yeah and 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 you also look at yourself definitely
1: because You've done it. You've seen yourself do it. There's some things you're reminding yourself that you can do that you've maybe not done for a long time. And there's some stuff that you're doing only because you had to and been forced to, but found out actually maybe you're a little bit better than it and you thought maybe you're a bit more confident at doing it than you expected.
0: A really bad example of this, but I think is you personally, is that when we do incentives on the sales floor, We do them once off and it'll be like, you know, you've got to do 100 calls or you've got to close four deals or, you know, you've got to do something exceptional. And the whole point is, is you do this as a short period of time and it works. And everyone's performance does step up. You will get a 20, 30% increase. And then the, you know, the the management, you know, to use the the, the they word, they go, why don't you do this every week? And it's like, because you can't do it every week because that's the whole point. It was a surge. It was an adrenaline. However, what it's done is it's proven to every single person who's now got to that threshold, this is where the boundary is. This is what you can do. Now, I'm not necessarily asking you to do this every week, but you now know that that is possible, and their performance lifts towards it. And so the next time you do something, you put another 10% on it, it's not necessarily that they'll always get to that level, but they now know that level is possible for them, for their teams, for the people around them. And that's, I guess, is a part of this: is that this exceptional period of time, we've all done things which are unusual. We don't, We won't necessarily go all the way back, but we now know it's possible. And so, the way everyone else knows it's possible, we now know. It's possible. Yeah. And and on the other
1: side of that, there's also a lot of things where just because you might, just because you can, doesn't necessarily mean you should. You know, having you know trimmed my mother's dog. Um that's something that I now know what high performance in dog grooming looks like. Um, and I've certainly got a stronger appreciation of professional dog groomers, as I'm sure a lot of parents have got a better appreciation of what it's like to school their kids. You know, as, you know, um, and, and certainly I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, barbers and hairdressers and stuff where, you know, they're going to be fully booked because they're, the level of high performance is going to be far more appreciated rather than taken for granted. Uh, even to the point of baristas and coffee shops, you know, we're all doing the best we can. There's been a big surge in coffee machines and all that kind of stuff. Um, certainly going to appreciate getting a really good quality coffee that's been made expertly by a fully trained barista because that's high performance because they will do it every single time. Um, yes. and so the appreciation of high performance um, can be a good thing in a whole number of levels, even if it is to appreciate that it's a high performance. that you know, High performance is not measured in how many things you can do. It's how many things you can do above a certain standard. And then you can start to appreciate that there are people with that level of performance that you would value more and finding your areas in which you are a genuine high performer not measured by how many things you're doing, but the things you'll do well. The challenge we've got at the moment is most of us are spread pretty thin because we're having to go into areas where we wouldn't necessarily choose to do. And we're going to get some pleasant surprises and then we're going to get some harsh realities that come back from that as well. But it does allow us to be sharper on what high performance
0: looks like. So how how for how long were we allowed to excuse lower performance or non-high performance. And, and now what you're saying is or is we definitely need to be talking about um, levels of performance again. So was it okay for a time and now it isn't okay or it should never have been okay? No, well, it, it had to be okay. I mean,
1: there was always the three words that came before everything, which was in these circumstances. You then had to take your your point of reference from there. What, what would have been classed as a three or four out of 10 became a four out of four. Because when there's only a four available, and to begin with, there was only a four available, four out of four became 100%. It wasn't the 10 out of 10 that, you would, that high performance would aim for. It was a four out of four. And, and that's, that was natural, that was to be expected. I think that's what's helped with a, a general reset on a whole load of things, which I think could prove really positive going forward longer term. But for us to get to focus in the areas where being able to assess situations, I think people have been a lot more accepting during this. It's been a humbling experience for a lot of people, um, but I need to, people to be able to you know, assess things more rather than it's a pass or a fail, it's 100% or nothing. Um, to actually realising that if that's a 6 out of 10, then I need to nail a 6 out of 6. Because good enough um, was an achievement, and uh, perfection has always been the enemy of good enough. And for a period of time, good enough was exactly that, it was good enough. But once those expectations start to rise, and that's no longer good enough, because expectations are people have become accustomed to the environment. They're now looking for that little bit more. There's also the realisation more in that this isn't a, let's just hunker down and get through this. This is here. Um, It's not going to weigh anywhere quick. Um, We're going to have to adjust. Um, We will get through it, but we'll get through to what the next stage is. And then there'll be several stages. So we need to learn how to perform with this rather than um, put performance off to when this is all over. You know, we need to be much fit and ready to go. And if, if you don't start asking the questions of high performance,
0: then your, your thoughts won't follow. Okay. So and maybe this is too literal a question then. So when ten out of 10, when 10 isn't available, then 6 out of 6 is good enough. So is the job now then to extend the 6 back to 10? Is that the job of, of a leader of a high performing team? Is to remind everybody. So first of all, you know you're happy that everyone is doing the six out of six because that's what we, to use you. That's what's available. So how are you now making the ten available? That's the new expectation you're now saying to people. if if we go on about six out of six being high performance
1: two or three weeks ago, and um, that was two or three weeks ago a seven out of 10 was probably last week and we're probably into the eight out of 10 week and we're heading towards when people are going to be expecting and saying, yes, I understand the circumstances. However, I still need high performance.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: You know, and, you know, it's, we have had a number of weeks that have bought some time and, to get you know our, our things in place, to get our strategies in place, to get our structures in place, to get your process in place, to try and remain as optimal as you can. And as we move out of this, then the expectation starts to move up to well, what does an eight or ten look like, and how do you nail that? Because we're heading then towards a nine, and and this is where we're going. And and then when you're the people around you, whether it's your your family, your friends, your colleagues your clients, your customers, your boss, then starts to redefine what a 10 looks like, then, you know, we're continually on that, what high performance is going to look like. And it's to reach that consistently, you know, not to do it at all costs, not to be able to do it as a one-off, but to be able to do it and sustain it and keep there.
0: So this is just back to business as normal in a way, but of course it's an understanding of that, the business as normal being is you will always be looking to improve the results you're always understanding that things are changing that the market is changing competition is changing your your rules and objectives and business objectives are changing and your high performers you know in sales teams there's always those that team those people those individuals that country whatever it is who whatever happens manage to figure out a way of making it happen you know, and there are those ones which are the one-hit wonders, but there are those teams who consistently and constantly deliver time and time again, even as things change. Those people have the right way of looking at problems. You, you know, you use the word mindset. Yeah, you know, they, they, they. they come up with the right strategies. They, they work this out. They understand that this is always going to change and they still always deliver consistently. That's, that's your idea of a high performance. This is a sales thing in my head. Yeah, and,
1: and it's driven both internally and externally. The external one is the one that's more sort of commonly understood. You know, as soon as your customer or your partner or your family or your colleagues or the industry de- demands more, then the expectations go up and high performance is now the next level up. But there's also the internal drives, your pride, your ambition, your passion, your creativity, your wanting to define what high performance should look like, even if it's not yet been asked. And certainly that puts you, you know, it buys you a little bit of time to be ahead of the game if you're already looking at what high performance is likely to be, rather than just keeping up with, you know, um, trying to just meet the expectation. But if you're looking to actually not just exceed it, but to define what the expectation is likely to be, then you're more likely to be prepared for what's coming. You might even get to shape it. But the the drivers are both external and internal. If you're only willing to run because someone is chasing you, um, then you'll, you'll you'll stop running once you know you're going to not going to get caught. Um, but if you're really driven forward, and again this is where goals and ambition and drive really comes from, is running towards that opportunity, then you'll run further and you'll run faster and you'll run for longer. Not just to when you get comfortable.
0: So external and internal. So so let's talk a little bit about that then. So break it break it out. If I'm if I'm managing Uh, a team, I want to get to be high performers uh, and I want to be a high performer myself. There's external things which happen to me and there's internal things that I can foster myself. Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean, you have external things, you know, your your clients expect
1: more, your customers need more, your, your investors need more, your shareholders need more, you know, the sales figures aren't adding up. I mean, all those external factors that are telling you, current level of performance needs to be increased, you know, and not yeah. just what you're reaching, but the consistency of it. So, you know, uh, all your colleagues, if they care enough, letting you know that you're not necessarily pulling your weight. So all those external things, you know, or, yeah. you know, you can look at the faces of your family or people who you're at home with at the moment and when you can tell quite clearly that they're not so happy, Those are those external expectations that, you know, you need to perform better and more consistently. But then you've got your internal drives, which is your ambitions, what's your longer-term aims, where's your goals, where do you really want to get to, and what level of performance needs to be in place to make sure you're there. You know, knowing within yourself that you've disappointed the people who mean most to you, as we all have done and will be doing, particularly during these times. Because we're not just disappointing from a distance, but yes. disappointing from the next room. Yeah. So it's you know those are the internal drivers of high performance, and uh, you know yourself that that either wasn't good enough, or it's no longer good enough. It's it's one of the key things about, uh, and you and I have worked on this number of times, is overcoming that resistance to change. And and the first element of that is dissatisfaction. Yeah and either externally healthy. healthy to satisfy but sat- that can be externally driven by people letting you know they're not satisfied, um, or within you knowing that you're no longer yeah. satisfied with that, but dissatisfied satisfied enough to want to do something about it.
0: And, and you see this like, again, I know, it's a sporting one. But again, when you, when, when you see these players who's, who were successful in a, in a club and then they go to a super successful club and they just said that everyone just looked at me with almost disgust when I like, you know, wasn't as good as everyone was else was. And they were looking at themselves the same way and they were dry and that healthy dissatisfaction drove them all up. and And they then had it. And that's how you get that legacy effect, isn't it, of these great teams, even when they have downward turns, there's a healthy dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. This isn't who we are, this isn't what we do. And and that's that to create that culture, that's that's that beautiful external thing, isn't it? And if you're lucky enough and to be in a company where that culture is, everyone's looking at you, expecting you to do better every month or every quarter or every year or yeah, you know, and not better it doesn't necessarily have to be numbers, does it? You know, it can be anything. That's a fantastic feeling. You know, when you're in a team where everyone's driving you in a healthy way, not in an awful way, but they're looking at you expecting more because look where you are.
1: Yeah, but as, and that only but that only resonates with individuals who have got that within them. Because if you just feel that all the pressure is coming externally, then you start to think it's not fair. Um, if you look at the you know with the sporting analogy um but also in business um you'll get people who will join the number one team and I would say there's a, a quite a high percentage of those people then never really make it because the demands externally are greater than the demands internally and what happens a lot is when they get signed or they join that big club or that big team, and they're dis- the first thing to go is their dissatisfaction because they think they've made it. Made it yeah. And they never thought they were going to get there. They've arrived somewhere beyond their dreams. So how do you keep running when you've got beyond the bit you always thought you were going to get to? And yet you look at I mean, the, the fantastic thing that's been on Netflix on The Last Dance. Uh, Chicago Bulls, and you know, you look at the early episodes of that where Michael Jordan goes as a rookie, and he then wants to be the best player in the team. Doesn't want to just come in and show he's good enough. Doesn't want to come in and just show that he was a good pick and you know um, that he deserves a shot. He he goes there determined to show that he's the best player there is, and that healthy. Dissatisfaction within him is fortunately, and it is fortunate, it was matched by the, the, the franchise and the organization. So there was a coming together of that, you know, and you can you can see where the Chicago Bills are now, um, because sometimes success can take away that drive for high performance. I don't make sense because the dissatisfaction isn't there. Um, the the great teams and the great businesses that stay at the top have an awful lot of that inner drive um, yeah. because the external drive diminishes the more success that you experience um, unless you ha- you're fueling that from within and that's what high performance is really, really about both individually and collectively.
0: The analogy I think you use or the metaphor you, that you've used is the when someone's running towards something and when someone's running away from something. It's like, how do you know the difference? So how I tell, how I tell it, and, you know, there will be mistakes in it, is that you can always tell with someone. If, if you're running away from a tiger, then you can see that someone's running away from something horrible because they'll keep looking over their shoulder, and when it's safe, then they'll stop. But when someone's running towards something, then, you know, they're looking forward. They're going as fast as they can. They're never going to stop until they, they, they can get there. And, but at some stage, if you were just a bystander in the street and you just saw somebody running past, it'd be hard to know at, at first glance, are they running towards or away from something? And I'm guessing that the people who put together great teams, whether it's in sport or whether it's in business, is that that's something, if you're, you know, a high performing organization, whether it's one of these huge tech companies or you're looking at for management in, you know, in, in, a, in a company that you want to change the culture, it's understanding that. If we employ this person, will they think, I've made it, I'm at you know, BP level, C level, even you know, junior management level, it doesn't matter. Or do they think this is a step towards where I really want to get to, where I really want to go? You know, I want to be the best in the world at basketball or you know, I want to be the best sales manager possible in this company. There's that feeling of I didn't. I don't just want to get away from my job I'm in now. Is I want to get to this amazing future, and it's more than just the job, isn't it? This internal motivation. It's it's all these other things that it can give me. It can give me status. It can give me you know. It can give me money. It can give me security. It can challenge a a mental challenge. I don't know. This it's how. How do you how do you foster that within yourself now?
1: That that I mean that's the I mean what you're describing there is that timeline where at one end there's danger and one end there's opportunity, but the big bit in the middle mm-hmm. is a comfort zone where most of us yeah. reside is in that comfort zone, weighing out the pros and cons. Should I really go for it and we look at the opportunity and then we look at the danger if everything goes wrong? And you know, we tend to balance those two things out and stay in a comfort zone, you know, far enough away from the opportunity but far enough away from the danger and and this is this is how that works and you know that can happen as a parent you know uh, I'm, I'm not you know nasty to my family I'm far enough away from that but am I close enough to the opportunity that I'm you know inspiring to them fulfilling nourishing developing them supporting them as much as I could or am I sitting in that comfort zone somewhere in the middle where I have my off days and my good days and you know, I do the best I can when I can and if I can. You know, and, and and that's where most of us will reside from time to time in that comfort zone. And the running element of it is that, you know, for the first two or 300 metres, you can't tell if someone's running away or running towards something. But after those two or 300 metres, you're absolutely right. If you're running away from something, you start looking over your shoulder to see, am I, am I okay yet? Am I safe? And that's when you hit that comfort zone. But if what you're focused is getting to that opportunity, that's when you'll keep running for. And the drop-down menu on that is important because that's where the motivation and meaning sits. Because it's not just about, if you're just chasing things because someone said you should, then you'll end up in that comfort zone because you're you're just getting away from the danger of not trying. Um, but if you're really connected to that opportunity, you've got a drop-down menu of meaning And if that drop-down menu is compelling, not just is that a powerful motivation, you start to eliminate the danger from your thinking. Yeah, because you will go for it. You will really go for it. Well, anybody who's purchased something significant, or or a mortgage, or a long-term commitment, you know, they'll have known that there is risks involved in all these things. Yeah, but they focus so much on the opportunity. That it's the thing for them. It's the person for them. It's the ideal thing. It's the opportunities that will open up. It's how good they will feel over south facing gardening. Gardener or be on the beach or, you know, it's all these things. And they'll focus so much on that drop down menu that they will shut off the risks from the thinking, and they will go for it, even though they know the risks are there. But equally, and this is where you know people do. Self sabotage a lot, particularly in, in in the in the pursuit of, of high performance, is that they will focus so much on the dangers. They'll create a big drop down list on the dangers, and what they will do then is eliminate the opportunity from the thinking. They'll be focused on all the all the things that could go wrong, that could be inconvenient, that could be difficult, that they could fail at, and they focus so much on that that they stop thinking about the opportunity.
0: And so by focusing only on things that can go wrong, it means they'll never get out of the comfort zone because they'll only ever do enough just to keep those things at
1: bay. Is that what you mean? So I spend all the time trying to stop bad things happening, you know, and if you keep plugging the boat, you'll never build a new boat. Yeah. You know, and while you're focused in that direction, you can't look at two things and say you're focused. Yeah. And if you're staring at the dangers all the time, you'll create more dangers and more dangers and more dangers. And then you'll eliminate the opportunity. You know, I, I had the chance at a professional football trial and I, I focused so much on the dangers uh, of not getting picked and the embarrassment and the rejection and all those types of things. And having to admit to people I wasn't as good as they thought I was. And I focused so much on that, that I faked a back injury and didn't turn up just so that I then couldn't not get packed. Yeah. And I totally eliminated the opportunity from my thinking. And at 18 years old, that's a, a, a harsh reality and a harsh lesson, but you know, it's, it's served me well for the rest of my days. But um, it's one of many things that, you know, the, the main thing out of all of this for anybody is that if there's only one thing they take out of any of all this is Make sure you turn up. You know, please don't not turn up just in case you don't get picked. You turn up and you find out.
0: At the moment, I imagine there's a lot of people who are worried about the future—the future for their for their company, for their team, for themselves, for their career, for their jobs. You know, what's some tips and what's some tricks or what's some frameworks? to be thinking about, to, to say, yeah, it, it's understandable. And of course, in you know, today that would make sense. It makes sense that you're going to have had that period of worry. However, you've got to start moving, transitioning away from, from the worries and start to think about the future and about the opportunities out there. That's quite difficult to do when you're in the middle of, you know, TV reports which are telling you the whole world is collapsing, etc. You know, I mean, that's it's difficult to start to see the opportunities that are there. What, what, how, how can I start to reconfigure my way of thinking? So it does start to, so I do start to move away from, from the dangers and, and, and start looking at opportunities. Cause what you're saying is, is if I'm running hard enough towards opportunity, I'm leaving the danger zone way behind anyway. So guys, it isn't an either or, this is just a better way of moving further away from the danger zone.
1: Yeah. Look, as I said, the more you focus on the dangers, the more dangers you're going to find. Yeah. Um, monitor your news t- news intake. Yes. You know, monitor where you get that. You know, news, whatever type of news, whether it's fake news or otherwise, or convenient news, or political news, or you know, very selective news. Um, that's focusing on the danger. Um, and and therefore you'll find more, and then you'll find a whole lot of articles that support that, and then you'll find a whole lot of doomsday scenarios, and then you'll find a whole load of stuff that contradicts them. And while you're focused on all that, what you're not focused on is what do you really want. You know, the, the, the dangers is very much external driven at the moment because everyone's telling you how bad this could be, and it could be, but it will not be that bad for everybody. But it's going to be bad. No getting away from it. You know, what would have been a 10 out of 10, 12 months ago is possibly not going to be available for the vast majority for quite some time. But what you've got to then is do that reset and look and say, well, what is the opportunity? Where do I really want to be in the next 12, 24, 36 months? What do I want that to look like? And, you know, has there ever been a better time to look at that in its more holistic fashion? You You know, given that what we're doing now, it's been a reset. We've been kicked out of the habit we were in of just turning up for things and particularly for myself, traveling so much, that you then sort of recalibrate and say, well, what is more important? And what is the model going forward? And what would be going forward good for me? What would high performance look like for me?
0: Yeah.
1: And and this is the time to be doing that because, you know, um, none of the news channels are going to do that for you
0: yeah and that's a great one isn't it because we said at the start this is a chance where everything gets reset so you can redefine what you as a high performer looks like yeah. and you and if you're strong enough about it and clear enough about it there's a really good chance that other one other, your family your business your friends your associates whatever all gonna go that makes sense you know, we've seen you can do this, we've seen you can work well from home, We can see, or, or whatever it is, but this is your way of, instead of saying, what's going to happen if, you're now saying, because this has happened, I'm now going to redefine myself as this person who can do his job like this, who can do her job like that, who will look after their families such as this. Isn't it? That's, that's the opportunity that's suddenly been given to us.
1: Yeah, and and look we've been given some real world issues to deal with for the vast majority of people who are normally so fortunate that they're way beyond those kind of day to day issues now we're now we're in a situation where you know but we've all been kind of humbled a little bit of the things that we used to worry about you know you know the the tent you've the tent you've rented might not be big enough to hold all the guests you know and <laughs> Not in a situation where there's, you know, and you know I've got family members that that are on, you know, the the risk lists, and and those are real things, you know. And you stop sweating the small stuff after a while. Yeah. So with that, look at it, you know, I'd be really worried about so much about what people think of it, about the current job that you might have, about the, you know, whether that deal gets done. Whether people like you, you know, whether people respond to your messages as quickly as you think they should and, what you know, what's up list you're on and what ones you're not and there's a whole lot of stuff that, really small stuff, yeah. so a perspective that through this and it is a terrible situation, even terrible situations sometimes have their benefit and and if we have not refreshed and reset
0: our own perspective, yeah, then you've missed the point. That's nice. I like the idea. instead of reset, refreshed feels. It feels a better way of saying this. You know, when you refresh something, it's some. It's a good thing, isn't it? You know, you you've let. You know, air out into your, you know, you've like cleaned out the closet and suddenly you're, we're, able, because of this awful situation, we've been able to go back and look at ourselves and go, actually, I want, I want to look like this. I want this. I want, I want to be like this. I want my life to look like this. And the moment we start to understand those opportunities, it goes back to you to redefining the expectations you've got of yourself based on what we've learned over the last couple of months. This is what i This is what I can look like as a high performer.
1: But if you don't refresh that and reset it, someone else is going to do it for you. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. But you might look back and wish you'd at least contributed to
0: that and shaped it. If you don't, if you don't do this. Somebody else will. Yeah. That's that's a. Yeah, that's a damning line. And then you see all these research about how we all, happiness at work and life is about being in control. Here's an opportunity. And we're not going to be able to define it all, but as you said, you have a massive opportunity, chance to contribute to it. I like that. Yeah, and
1: look, not everybody wants to. Look, not everybody has, you know, work or career or their job as a great deal of importance. Um, it's a lot more important to others uh, than it might be to them. Yeah. But the life piece has still got to be refreshed and reset and redefined. Otherwise, someone will directly or indirect, directly reframe that for them. So, you know, if you want to sit back and wait to see what other people think is good enough for you, then, you know, here's hoping it works out.
0: That's cool. Perfect. Thank you, Stephen. Take it then. We're running out of time. It's a good ending. So there we have it. Quick look at high performance. What it means. Setting of expectations. How to motivate yourself. thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Listening back. Sometimes you look listen to it and... Yeah, think. Oh, I missed that. Well, that was a good piece. I'll have to remember that. And that was definitely one of those conversations. So it's quite good actually being able to record these and listen to them. There's loads of really good stuff comes out of it. I anyway, hope you enjoyed this one. If you've got any questions, any thoughts, any comments, please do get in contact with us. The address is podcast at coachpro one word dot online. We are setting up all the normal social media channel so you will be able to contact us but in the meantime any thoughts comments things you want to hear more about let us know i know we will go back to high performance pretty sure we're going to go back to this danger and opportunity timeline as well this is a really good session and normally I've, i've done it a few times with steven and yeah there's a lot more interesting topics we can go through on this anyway that's it from me i hope you're having a good day wherever you are And look forward to talking to you soon. Bye.